Betsy and Thomas here for the American Intelligence Media. And today, Thomas, I'd like to look at three tweets, two from May 3rd and one from May 4th. We simply cannot do all the Trump tweets because he is now a madman. He has turned his Twitter into the real news feed of America. Absolutely, Betsy. All you have to do now is turn off all the other stations, even Fox, because if they say anything good, he's going to grab it and post it or parse scale or whoever is helping him post all these amazing things. You don't have to watch any television, no news, mainstream media of any sort, because if it's good, he's going to grab it on either side, and that's in writing or in, uh, of course, video. So really, we are going to read between the lines of some things that he still can't say, but the reason that he can say all these things and he's exploded, not only because of the campaign, but because of the Mueller report now no longer hanging over his head, he can say whatever he wants. And so it is just getting to be Oh, it's it's a slaughter of the demon rats. Well, I want to focus on this tweet here, and, and we've heard him say it. Uh, he was on Maria Bartiroma in an interview, and he said, I will declassify soon. And he says everything, and he says even more than you think. What he means by that are the national security letters, which are the real things that were used, not the FISA court warrants, because everybody knew those were fake. That was an insurance policy. Crossfire Hurricane, started in July, late July of 2016, was another insurance policy. So you had the Carter Page attempt for the Spiza warrants to get an insurance policy just to sit there. Those, All four of those went to no hearings. They were only applications, and that's what they're going to say. Oh, but we didn't really act on them. And if you don't know that the national security letters are what really got them their wiretaps, then you're not going to get the truth. And it, that's what Trump is going to release. He's going to release it all. Well, you know why I think it's so brilliant and really just a, he's a master at this. This is coming before Horowitz releases his report. So he's telling Horowitz and everyone else now, I'm going to declassify it all. So what does Horowitz do? Does he give a report that accurately tells us what has been going on in the swamp? Or does he continue to cover the swamp and, and try to save them? What... And then he's going to have to show his cards first, and then Trump can do anything. Because when he says anything else, I know you say the national security letters, uh, letters, but he could be a wild man and say everybody needs to go to the crime line at Americans for Innovation and look at all the crimes that have been committed on the American people for decades. What do you say to that? Well, that's going to take me into a number of different directions, unfortunately, but it's uh, Nunes is really getting his information from the crime line. The uh, incredible staff writers and researchers at the Americans for Innovation and from us, Aim for Truth. If you go to either one of those sites and you plug in the word Mifsud, you will see that we were the first people writing about Mifsud. And we're going to tell you today some amazing things about Mifsud. So that's a direction I was going to jump off of without a tweet. I don't think I should go there. Uh, what we're talking about with the declassification, that's going to not only be the four Carter Page FISA warrants, which Carter Page was on these, they swore, and in the national security letters, that Carter Page was a Russian spy. They swore to it and that they had verified information. Carter Page is a Russian spy. Well, then Carter Page should be suing them, shouldn't he? But what did Carter Page do? He had a big fluff and he went and said he was going to sue Michael Isakoff, who wrote the letter, who, excuse me, who printed the letter written by Christopher Steele, which was then used as evidence in one of the reapplications for the FISA court warrants. This is unbelievable. So what did he do? 
Carter Page dropped the suit. Now, why am I mentioning that? Because in this release of unredacted material, you're going to get the names of the people who are in the press who were paid money. Let me mention some of them. We already know who they are. So again, it sounds like we are we got a magic uh, crystal ball or we're Cassandra. And remember, Trump is Cassandra. He says all this stuff. It's true. Everybody says he, uh, not everybody, not us. Many people say he lies, lies, lies. And then you find out it's true, true, true. But do they ever take back the accusations? No. And what does he do? He keeps predicting more things and it keeps happening. He's Cassandra. And that's what upsets so many people with the Trump derangement syndrome. He's ahead of his time. So what we have is with these redactions, we're going to see who was paid. Let me mention them. We already get this from page uh, struck page text messages. Devlin Barrett needs to go to jail now. And if Michael Horowitz was doing his job on the leaks, wouldn't Devlin Barrett, who we know was an institutionalized leak directly from um, Rabicki, John, uh, James Rabicki, who literally interfaced with Devlin Barrett, literally paid him, gave him. We, we saw this on the Horowitz report before. All kinds of people are on the payroll of the United States government as, as mainstream media leakers, including Devlin Barrett, including Daniel Richmond, who is the supposed lawyer and Columbia University professor who leaked all the Comey material, right? And then Comey comes out and tells us, yeah, that's what I did. Nothing happened to Comey. So Horowitz is not doing his job. Comey should have been charged with leaking. James Wolfe from the Senate Intelligence Committee should have gone to jail for the rest of his life instead of for two months for leaking to Alvy Watkins. And did you tell me earlier that he's going back to work for the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee? Uh, no, I said I don't know where he is, so I assume he probably is right back to his normal job. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Continue on. Oh, the, these are institutionalized leakers. I mean, Daniel Richmond, Comey later, when it was when they found out who he leaked through, said, yes, he's on the payroll, but he doesn't get paid. And you're going, what are you talking about? He's on the payroll of the FBI as a person that they leak to for professionally approved leaks, which they say exist, but... Which, uh, and by the way, all of these endanger national security. It endangers all of our lives. It endangers the economy, which is part of national security. It endangers everything. Well, they don't care. They're globalist puppets that are trying to take down America. And they're using our laws to beat us up. And, look, can, and I know you were going to talk about Mifsud, but the fact is that Mueller's report is half-assed. <laughs> it doesn't tell you the true story, because he wrote laws many decades ago, Mueller did, to keep us from knowing full truth. And you and Michael McKibben exposed that in a fantastic report the other day. And I was so glad to see Devin Nunes picking that up, that dialogue up and continuing it, asking, well, then how come you didn't look at Mifsud? Well, as you know, Betsy, better than anyone, because you posted it and you <laughs> do all of that and you uh, give us the strategic plan, we went after Mueller be uh, before Mueller was appointed special counsel, if you want to look back uh, to the videos and the audios. But the point is, is that we knew exactly what was going to happen because he's the fixer. Who's the next fixer in line to be the next fixer after Mueller? Michael Horowitz. So is Michael Horowitz going to reveal much? No. And so Barr has come in and basically said to his good buddy, supposedly good buddy, Bob Mueller, uh, I don't even believe this letter you sent me. 
even was written by you. He said that in his testimony. He says, this letter, this, this letter that was leaked. And then, they, and then the, remember the Republicans asked him, how did this letter get leaked? And he goes, I, I have no idea. I did not leak this. And had you looked at the letter, anyone had looked at the letter, which was the only bit of leverage they had on Barr to try to get him that day, was this supposed letter. And then he didn't make a remark about the, that letter a few days later when he put out, when he answered some questions about uh, whether or not the Mueller team had any pushback. And basically, he didn't think the letter was written by Bob Mueller. So he picked up the phone and in front of his whole group on speakerphone to make sure it was all recorded, spoke to Mueller. And basically, he said in the testimony, it was a snitty letter written by his assistants. Not only that, but the leaked letter, the leaked information literally went into the thought of both people in the conversation. The thought, their thought, not just every word of it. So someone in the room with Mueller, was someone in the room with Mueller? That wasn't stated. So the people in the room with Barr, do they not understand that one of them will be fired? They're probably fired already. Does, I mean, the things that came out of that testimony, Barr said he had a group around him. He's not going to appoint a special counsel. He's not going to appoint an independent counsel. He's not going to start another stupid stupid special counsel or grand jury investigation. He's going to just simply prosecute these people because it's black and white. We have the evidence. If they go to the crime line at Americans for Innovation, that is where you will see the very pictures that Nunes is talking about. Also, Aim for Truth, we posted them. The pictures of Mifsud that Nunes is talking about that have come forward, we posted a long time ago and told the whole story. And in a minute, we're going to tell you okay, more. But, but explain to everyone again, if they missed the video, the audio with you and Michael about this exculpatory evidence, explain what Devin Nunes is saying in this uh, video recording. Yes. Um, many years ago when Mueller twice was... Um, um, Briefly. Give me a reader a US digest In California. Version. I'll okay. try to. He changed the rules of evidence. And those rules of evidence allow the federal government to allow or not allow evidence, including exculpatory evidence. So that means that if you go before a grand jury and they have proof, the prosecutor has proof that you're innocent, they don't have to bring it. And if you have proof that you're innocent, they don't have to allow it because of these rules. And these are stupid rules. These aren't even laws. These so what are they've done is they've created procedures. a court system that they run and operate that's separate from where we average citizens perceive our court supposed to be happening and they have their own rules and this is why we don't know the full truth of 9-11 because Mueller had written these rules and then when they did the investigation on 9-11 they wrapped all this thing up in the same process so that's why we're still out here hanging and by the way what happened to investigative journalism along the way you know these reporters who step forward and say they're investigative reporters you know what they they really are not what they are are glorified dog pound reporters. You know how when you start the beat at a local level, they send you to the dog pound to do the reports? That's what these people are doing. They're rehashing news we've already covered two years ago. And I, and so we're going to go there in a minute, but we really need to look at this whole investigative journalism again. Yes, and with the exculpatory information in a grand jury uh, case that is secret, you don't even have a lawyer there representing you. The lawyer's out in the hall. 
and then they twist up your words and they have surveillance of you and they manipulate you and that's what happened to George Papadopoulos that's what happened to uh, right. that's what happened to General Flynn that's what happened to really so, also Rich, Rick Gates and Paul Manafort and uh, J, uh, uh, Roger Stone and Jerome Corsi so if you have a court system that they've set up their little star chambers where they're going to try the people decide what they're going to put in as evidence or not and then you've got journalism who are, there are no investigative journalists out there this is why we've been in the dark for decades so what Trump is going to be unrolling is going to be unprecedented in truth and revelation and full disclosure because folks we're going the whole way when you start unveiling truth you can't stop at some point and go that's enough I, I can't see anymore no we're going the whole way are we not Yes, because we're not going to listen to Michael Horowitz's report. Let's remember that Michael Horowitz is looking at a number of things. Now it sounds like Barr has trimmed it down to uh, leaks and the FISA court, which is very interesting because there we don't know. how I, I couldn't count how many different investigations Trump ordered that Sessions said Michael Horowitz would roll into his Department of Justice Office of Inspector General investigation. Well, out of it so far, from the first thing that was assigned to him, the politicalization, and that's not easy to say, between the FBI and the DOJ. Okay, it couldn't be any worse. Oh, but Michael Horowitz said, hmm, to look like a good guy, that, oh my goodness, all 55,000 messages between Strzok and Page have all been lost. Oh, and also... Uh, as soon as they, the, the, the going got really good with their impeachment attempts against Trump, oh, their phones didn't work anymore. And they didn't have, uh, that phone didn't work just for them or just one side or blah, blah. Complete nonsense. And what did, what did Horowitz do? Now, this is beautiful. I'm giving you an example because you ask a question. I'm not out in the woods. I am truly answering your question. What is going to happen with Horowitz? Nothing. But let's, let me give you a ex perfect example why. Politicalization between the DOJ and FBI. So what do they get? One person who didn't show perfect candor when talking to Horowitz, and that was Andrew Weiss, uh, I mean Andrew McCabe. Nothing's happening to him. He went before Jesse Liu, who's a, a fixed federal lawyer, uh, a judge in uh, D.C., and uh, nothing, nothing. Grand jury indictment, nothing, okay? So and, and, and no investigative reporters looking into why we don't know more. I mean, it's the same kind of thing of where is Ruth Ginsburg? Don't any of the reporters in Washington care about the fact that we haven't seen Ruth Ginsburg since fall 2018? No public sightings. Citizens want to know, but the quote unquote reporters are numb. This grand jury indictment on Andrew McCabe is being slow walked to nothing. Okay, but the grand jury indictment against Paul Manafort, uh, grand jury indictment against all these other people, friends of Trump, oh, they all go down. That's because they didn't allow the exculpatory information that would have shown that Hillary Clinton did all the things they accused Trump of doing. And instead of bankrupting everybody with their lawyer fees during this grand jury indictment that were friends of Trump and trying to do everything they can against Trump, leaking every single bit of it during the whole time, these leakers are on the payroll. Remember, Christopher Steele, the liar of the, of, the, of the Steele dossier, the Russian PP dossier, was paid. Stefan Halper was paid $1.4 million, not from one department, from three or four different departments for doing things that he doesn't even do. Well, that sounds like RICO. 
I mean, when you've got all these different departments doing that kind of stuff together, that's a coordinated attempt. Stephen Halper is a British and American citizen. He is a foreign agent. Christopher Steele is a foreign agent. They worked with Russians, supposedly, in their dossier, foreign agents. We know now that the Rus- the Ukrainian government is coming forth saying, here's all the evidence that, that uh, Alexander Chalupa and, uh, got for, um, what's her name, uh, Victoria Nuland, uh, to start this whole thing off with Paul Manafort uh, supposedly receiving, stealing millions of dollars from Ukraine through the World Bank. Nonsense, lies, that was proven to be a lie weeks later. Okay, so as we look at these things, these are all... October surprise setups. Mueller was just carrying on the 28 previous attempts of Comey. And they continue right to this day. He was supposed to hand off this report to the impeachment process in the Congress, which was already established by the new rules they set up before they came to the power of having the majority in the Congress. And that demonstrates that that was their intent. And the intent was to take the Mueller report. So this letter that was leaked who was it leaked to? New York Times? But the letter that was leaked uh, is fake, of course. And the content of the letter is fake. And so Barr didn't have to answer that content. And he was a genius the way he answered it. And he also said his team is going to look at all of these things. Okay, but it's still the point is that Trump has already said to the whole nation he's going to declassify. And that, what Maria asked him about and more. So all of these swamp creatures that sit over at the DOJ, take note, we're going to find the dirty laundry. So you need to come clean now or pay the penalty later. And it'll be much more severe because the citizens are watching now. Yes. And they watch people like John Carlin, who who was part of, he was the counsel for uh, the Department of Justice National Security Division. He's the one who would have then told the FBI counterintelligence department and supposedly given permission for the CIA counterintelligence operation against Trump. It went all the way back to him. What did he do? He jumped ship. Who jumped ship at FBI first? Uh, that'd be James Baker and Rabicki, the one I just mentioned, who's part of these leaks. He's a criminal. He didn't want to answer qu- questions. Jonathan Weiner from the State Department. Look at anybody who jumped ship, uh, uh, even the ones who they had to fire. Who jumped first? Loretta Lynch. And then Sally Yates had to be fired two weeks later. Andrew Weissman should have been fired for his uh, partisanship. But then he gets on the Mueller investigation. Now we know unbelievable new information through this examination of Mueller's manipulation of the rules of the court, federal courts, for evidence, you know, what, uh, how you are allowed to put evidence. Well, that evidence was hidden in the Ruby Ridge case, the Waco case, the Oklahoma bombing case, the 911 case, uh, and now in the worst espionage case in U.S. history, whatever you want to call it, the Russian PP dossier. But remember, many, as has now been said, by Trump and uh, and by Nunes, by Grassley, by uh, Gates, by uh, Jordan, by all these people are coming forward saying, telling the story we've been telling you, but we give you the full story. We're not giving you 80%, like a John Solomon. All right, let's go Or a there. Sarah Whatever, let's Carter. go to this tweet because we're going to work ourselves up there. Finally, mainstream media is getting involved. Too hot to avoid. Pulitzer Prize, anyone. The New York Times on front page finally, quote, details effort to spy on the Trump campaign, close quote, at Fox and Friends. This is bigger than Watergate, but the reverse. Now, this is really, this is a big one for me because 
the reason that we got involved in doing what we're doing is because we got sick and tired of never getting any truth news n- anywhere. And the and the the station that we really pound on is Fox News. And the reason is because they say they're for conservatives and they say they're fair and balanced. They're anything but. And if you watch closely, you will see that a lot of their reporters and their talking heads are nothing but control agents. They're there to have you think you're getting deep news. You know, they'll report the surface stuff. You listen to it and you go, well, that's true. So they must be good. But they never really go any further because, folks, if we had real investigative journalism in this country, we would not be in this fix. It would have ended a long time ago because people would know that their, their, their deeds would be exposed. So one of the things that bothers me, too, is this word migrant. Why are all the news channels everywhere using the word migrant? When people cross your border illegally and they come over, rape, murder, and pillage your citizens, these are not migrants. These are invaders. Why aren't they using the word invader? Why did everybody get so upset on the dim side when Barr used the word spying? Well, what it is, it's a type of... Uh, word control because if they can control the words you use and you're not able to fully express yourself and so as we are beginning to look at these so-called reporters one that we drilled down on was John Solomon well actually I just beat up Thomas so badly I said you've got to look at this guy there's something fishy about him and what we found didn't surprise us what did you find out about John Solomon John Solomon, all you have to do is look at his his Wikipedia entry. I didn't look at it, but I'm sure it's there too. He's been everywhere. Oh, everywhere. Hmm. How does he work for both sides at the same time? And why is he the king of the Associated Press, basically? And why do they make him the director of every single news agency that he goes to? And why is it that he has created the digital platform for all of them from uh, Circa to Washington Post, Washington Times? He's a writer for New York Times. He's a it was a director of the Associated Press, uh, the Global Initiative. You name it, anything, you name it, both sides of the fence. Why do they allow someone to do that? Because he is the paid political operative of the mainstream media that controls the propaganda narrative through what he claims outright. that uh, That's the reason we are able to nail him and go backwards on it, is he claims that he's the person who developed the feedback system used on election night to give quick results, which is called Leader Plus. Well, look closely. Leader Plus is owned by ISIS Management, which also owns Avid. And I want to correct something that someone sent in on a stream. These days, Betsy's having me look at the stream a little bit and respond to people sometimes. And I just want to say, no, you are totally incorrect. You have mischaracterized what Avid is. Avid is the prompt why do you, uh, the, why do you think you can go onto any mainstream media? Do this tonight. When the news is on, click between all of them as fast as you possibly can. They will be saying the exact same words and they will either be standing or sitting and it'll either be delivered by a man or a woman or both or it will be delivered in a panel and it's the exact same words. And it's, what is that? That is perception management. And that is illegal because that affects our national security and it is nothing more than the politicalization of the mainstream media for the demon rats which is now an anarchist party. So what just happened, and people didn't notice any of this. It's just hysterical to me. But let's stay with John Solomon. Uh, Okay, but I'll be back there in a second. Alphabet just lost $70 because of cutting off the conservative sites. 
Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about, uh, again, two of the major uh, news outlets, and I can't give you confirmation on this, but let's just say over $250 million was poured in venture capital into two major uh, outlets. And we know that the Washington Post is just a Bezos extension. And how is Bezos alive? Because we don't charge him for the U.S. Postal Service charges we're supposed to. And we give him government contracts. Or else he, he would, Amazon wouldn't exist. Alphabet wouldn't exist. Google, Gmail, none of them would exist. Facebook without government intervention. So John Solomon is their voice. He does exactly what you said. He creates euphemisms. He, he, he neuters any words that don't come down to the lowest common denominator of virtue signaling. And he is in a position that once he neuters these words, then everybody out there in the press, and because you call him the Associated Press Chief Propagandist, they all, all have to follow suit. So that's why you're not seeing them use the word invader. Now, our job out here in America is we've got to move that Overton window, and we have to get these words out into our speech. We have to talk about spying and espionage, and we have to talk about British infiltration and what's the queen up to. You know, all the things that they're not going to touch, we got to touch and we've got to pound on it. The digital forensic um, investiga investigative laboratory that uh, from Cambridge is being paid for by the Atlantic Council and George Soros to come in and neuter everything. Eric Schmidt paid $1.5 billion to come in with his digital news service so that they try to turn the news into the scroll at the bottom. Notice the scroll at the bottom of mainstream media is not stating what they're stating with their words that they're saying. But 125 news agencies are all filtered every single day for every word they say, both scrolling and spoken. And if any of them step out of line, they are squelched because they all use the same source, the Associated Press, which doesn't give any bylines, doesn't tell, tell you who wrote it, never gives a source. It's giving you the talking points of what your media should be covering for that day. And literally, they write it out for you. And now we believe, at one point, I had said that my best guess, who writes the avid byline, though it is owned by Michael Bloom, the husband, 15% of the company of ISIS management, owned by Michael Bloom, the husband of Diane Feinstein, which I always say incorrectly. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, basically, we know that they own it. So who's writing it? I assume that it was Valerie Jarrett and Eric Holder and the Obamas, who are now controlling Netflix, writing the narrative, writing the script from the bunker that we pay for, we Americans pay for five different houses that supposedly Obama lives in right now. So we pay up to $5 million a year for the security <clears throat> of each one of those. But anyway, in that bunker, we believe that that's where they were taking what had been turned into the U.S. Digital Service, which was used as the platform to attack the 2016 election. That again was a multi-billion dollar donation of Eric Schmidt Facebook and they donated their best people in a in a revolving door scenario where they literally worked directly out of the White House. So what we're telling you is a hundred percent of what we know, which is tends to be about eighty percent more than what John Sullivan, who creates the envelope to contain the news parameters. And they think when they say, holy Lord, Sarah Carter has the best sources well, in the universe. Say, wait, let's stop right there because that's a tool that they use. If you listen carefully and listen to this next time, you'll have Sean Hannity or somebody talk about how amazing Sarah Carter and John Solomon are. Okay, so they have to 
prep you for believing that these people are actually giving you good stuff. And the average person isn't going to be critically thinking about, well, why would Sean say that? What does Sean know about them that makes him feel that they're so cutting edge? But anyway, that's glossed over. And then Sarah Carter and John Solomon start talking. Now, if you listen to Sarah Carter, she never really tells you who her sources are, does she? Never. She, uh, listen to her. Uh, sources say, but she says it very authoritarian. And you already had Sean Hannity over there tell you, now listen to her, she's really good. But she's not. What she really is is an actress. She is a... she's something that one might note as like an Operation Mockingbird, CIA, kind of uh, Cooper, uh, Anderson Cooper female version. She's a pretty talking head. She tells you relevant information, but she and John, they're there to make sure you never, ever go beyond the hangout that they've created. It's like Comey and Mueller at uh, the hospital bed of Ashcroft when they say, oh, we're going to walk away from here and we're going to write our own notes. And because the two of us agree in our 302s, we're going to say you're a liar and we're going to, we're going to hold you to that. And then we're going to go out and do whatever we want. That's what happens with Solomon and Carter. They get together and they supposedly both independently arrive at the same uh, edge of the envelope. Like they'll bring up certain aspects of Spygate, but they won't tell you it's British Spygate. They won't go and tell you what we've told you and give you the very pictures, the dates, the times, the organizations they worked with, and so on and so forth, which are prosecutorial Well, prosecutable she was evidence. trained as an actress in London. Hello? How, how was that paid for? And who were the contacts that she made? No, no, no. It doesn't wash. So they never take you the whole way, do they? No, and she worked in Israel in the in the uh, in a news agency, where you can't work in Israel in a news agency without being a propaganda minister for the Likud party or whoever's in in charge, you know, Zionists or whoever. So no, she is nothing more than an actress, and if you look at her history, it has to be fake. And that she was in Britain and then went to Israel. Well, hello, she is a CIA operative. How could anyone arrive at anything else? She came out of really nowhere. She was never a good. Uh, person. She was always used as a mouthpiece. So she's nothing more than the megaphone for deep state, for deep throat. She's the, she's the new... She's never going to talk about senior executive service. as None of them. But, but none of them do. She is the new Alvy Watkins. And John Sullivan is Solomon. the new... Solomon. what did I say? Well, Solomon. I wanna... Solomon. Solomon. So he is the new Devlin Barrett. And they are nothing more than paid political operatives who are leakers. They need to go to jail. And my whole point is, is that Horowitz didn't put any leakers in jail. We can name the leakers. We can name the times and dates and, and exactly who leaked what. And we can name the times that they perjured themselves in testimony about that. We can show you instruct page all the institutionalized leaking. But Horowitz charged no one. So by May or June, because... Big Bill Barr came in and set a new bar there, and he's saying, uh, no, Bobby Mueller, this snitty little letter, I don't even believe you wrote it, and uh, sorry, your report didn't cover the exculpatory evidence which demonstrates that you spied on President Trump. Yeah, but what's Mueller going to do? Is he going to admit, well, I don't have to produce that because, you know, decades ago I wrote a law, or y'all passed it, that said I don't have to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And that was demonstrated in the fact that Lindsey Graham almost didn't swear in Bill Barr, and Bill Barr wasn't going to say a word about it. He also knows that even if he swears, he can lie. Yes, and Nancy Pelosi comes out and goes, Bill Barr's lying. Yeah, Nancy, 
Everybody in Congress can lie. You guys made it legal to lie. So of course he's lying. Or, well, I can't say of course he's lying, but if he is lying, you it's okay. Nancy Pelosi lies every time she opens her mouth. She said not one dollar would be given for the wall, no matter what. Hello, they gave billions or a billion or so. But the point is, everything Nancy says is a lie, and you're allowed to lie in Congress, and you're allowed to know that the espionage is always going on, whether it's the Israelis, whether it's the Pakistanis, whether it's Imran Awan, whether it's the stupidity, at looking like stupidity of Bill and Hillary. But, you know, what what's really going on? It was a cover-up so that the exculpatory evidence could all be pulled together and hidden from the press and from everybody else. And then the leaks, which were constant every single day, practically every working day, of the Mueller investigation, there was a leak, and it was always negative. We've told you who those other 500 people, except Republicans, that he interviewed are. We have proof of it. And one of them was, oh, hang on to your hat. We've said this before. We've proven it. Joseph Mifsud. Joseph Mifsud was questioned by Robert Mueller, his friend. Oh, that's right. John Brennan worked together with Joseph Mifsud for decades to train Israeli intelligence. Oh, that's ooh. the 28 missing pages of Mueller's 911 investigation were about Israeli intelligence being part of 911. Ooh, this is getting a little bit personal. John Brennan and Mueller were set up in the positions they were, the two highest positions, to investigate 911 before it happened. They actually set up a new office called the Office of Counterintelligence and CIA. So Brennan could say, everything we do in the Justice Department from now on is centered on terrorism. And we must run, and we can't even keep that hidden from everyone through counterterrorism. In other words, lie, cheat, steal, infiltrate, subterfuge, everything horrible. But what did Barr say? I started off in the CIA. Ha, ha, ha. I know about spying. So if it's true what we believe, over the next, from now until election day, the Democrats, the demon rats, will be branded again and again for being stupid and, and going too far, sticking their neck out for Hillary Clinton and leaving too much of a trail of evidence. And so what Nunes is saying, that there's pictures of Mifsud shown with Western intelligence operatives, so we've told you who they are. His boss. Okay, well, we, we got to go on to the next tweet. Oh, okay. We're not going to Mifsud yet? Well, get to the point. Oh, well, what's Nunes talking about? What's this picture? Who are the who, who are the Western intelligence people with Mifsud? If that's true, then Mifsud isn't a Russian agent. If that's true, then he couldn't possibly be tricking George Papadopoulos into giving him the 33,000 Hillary emails because he's not a Russian. He is not even a Brit. He's not an Israeli. He is Maltese. And he worked with the Secretary of State of Italy. We now know through George Papadopoulos, who's waking up to all of the frame-ups that he was involved in. But it was Arvinder Simbai, who is the British FBI equivalent handler of James Comey throughout all of this. She's been there since the time that that Mueller was the head of the FBI all the way back to before 911. She was complicit with Mueller and 911 and has basically been the FBI handler ever since. She was involved directly with Mueller's count, uh, special counsel, but her other agent, whose name is uh, Namad Ahmad, uh, uh, Zainab, Zainab Ahmad. Ahmad. She's on the special counsel too. Yes, and she basically ran a group called the Global Center in Cooperative Security, which Mifsud was on, Sir Richard Dearlove was on, Joseph Papadopoulos was on. 
Joseph Papadopoulos? Is I'm that? sorry, George Papadopoulos. Okay. <laughs> Joseph Mifsud. Sorry, okay. Joseph Mifsud. I, I, I rolled them together. And the reason I did is because... All right, well, which one? Uh, were they both on that council? They both were. Okay. Uh, as well as, let's not forget that John Brennan is his best friend. And that's how he gets all of his contracts. And don't forget that in the picture, Alexia Chalupa, the one we've named the Atlantic Council, who is also the Democratic National Committee. Oh, let's not forget... Alexandra Chalupa. What did I say? Alexandra Chalupa. Well, there's three of them. So there's Alexandra Chalupa and her her sister and her cousin. I can't remember all their names. But anyway, the point is, who else is standing in this crowd? Who would I want to be standing in that crowd? Who would Thomas Paine in the ass want to be included in Western intelligence? Dmitry Alperovich, a proven Russian criminal who was literally locked up by the FBI and then became an FBI agent who worked with Sean and started CrowdStrike. So anyway, uh, who else is who else is the best friend of Joseph Mifsud? Robert Mueller. Arvinder Sandai. Sambai. Sambai. And guess who they have a picture standing there almost naked in the water. Who knows, they may be naked, smoking cigars. That's right. A Clinton Foundation operative, one of the top ones, who brought in the Alexander Downer and people want to say it's a few million dollars. No, 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 no. This was huge. The number I quote, you won't even believe. Let's just say the largest purchase of HIV AIDS drugs through the Clinton Foundation, through Alexander Downer, who was in charge of the Australian program for that. Who was his best friend? Uh, Joseph Mifsud, who was an operative for the Clinton Foundation. <gasps> Who's the picture? Bill Clinton with his arm around Joseph Mifsud. He is a member of the Clinton Foundation, one of the best operatives, because he is multinational. And they blamed him as being a Russian spy because he was in the Valdez Discussion Group. Because the Valdez Discussion Group, which meets in London, oh, which George Papadopoulos was invited to become head of. By the way, I don't want to go before, I have to just say this. George Papadopoulos was so important that they literally made him the director of the Center for International Energy and natural resources, law and security. Of course, he was the only person on uh, in that group, but he was still the director of it. It never really met. But Arvinder Sambai was a, a, a non-real member who was his boss who told him to go meet with the FBI secret counterintelligence agency in the Italian U.S. Embassy in Rome, Michael Gaeta, which we are the only ones who ever told you that. So if you read that anyplace else than us, please tell me where you found that before we said it, because we told you that the handler for Joseph, uh, uh, Joseph Mifsud's American handler was Michael Gaeta working through, name it, who was the head of the London FBI. CIA. Gina Haspel is the had to be the director because she told Arvinder Sambai to tell Joseph Mifsud to tell George Papadopoulos to go to Italy where the ex-secretary of state on Link campus gave him the precious Olga Veselnitskaya who didn't really speak English but <clears throat> was a honeypot they call her. I have other words for that. And also... Olga Veselnaskaya? Her name is Olga. Veselnaskaya? Because we have a Veselnaskaya yeah. in the Trump Tower. Polonaskaya. Okay. Oh, how could I mix those I up? I mean, really? Let's get your Russian <laughs> Polonaskaya. Right. I mean, I don't care. Her okay. name's Olga. She didn't speak English anyway. Oh, neither did the other honeypots. How about the one... I love this one. Asia Turk. How about 
Azra. Azra Turk. That was her name. She didn't speak English, according to... <clears throat> and uh, how about Simone? <clears throat> and how about Erica? <clears throat> and how about the other one who I'm not even going to mention because... George, I don't want to get you in any more trouble. I already it got you in trouble. It was a good business for George during those years. George was very busy. Yes. Anyway, the Valdi discussion group promised Georgie Porgy that if he joined, that he'd get to meet Putin. Because once a year, they go to Russia and they meet Putin. Okay, Joseph Mifsud is missing. George Papadopoulos says he's been found. Where was he found? In Rome, not far from the Vatican. <laughs> Yucking it up with the Pope? No, in the sovereign district of of the Knights of Malta, which he is one, and he is their number one operative, which is the Vatican, and it has its own sovereign little city right next to the Vatican City, which is its own sovereign city, which is right next to the Knights Templar, which is its own sovereign city. So that's where they say he's hiding out. No way. He ain't there. First place I'd look, right? First place I'd look. Where would you look? There. Okay, but where would you look if you know he's not there? Where do you think he is? In the grave. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I think. Hillary charged him, her best friend, who worked for the Clinton Foundation, in a lawsuit that he was supposedly part of the Russian hacking of the DNC. His name was mentioned, but in it, it says that he is presumed dead. Yes. In other words, Hillary sent out the message that her best friend is presumed dead. Now, knowing Hillary, she doesn't usually say she kills somebody and Arkansas him, but it, uh, he might be dead. Stefan Rowe, who wrote a book, who was his alibi, who was a true Russian who is also part of all these groups. All the groups I just mentioned, he tried to get into, and he's a billionaire. He also owns uh, nuclear power plants. He, he, they made him a lord and a lady. His wife, who's a true Russian, made him a British lord and lady, gave them... Okay, Stefan Rowe, if you can't figure this out, you, John Solomon and Sarah Carter, if you can't figure this out, then you didn't Google it. Because had you Googled it, our articles would have come up. And everything I'm telling you, you would have known two years, well, at least a year and a half, maybe longer ago, in detail, with pictures, with evidence. So the pictures Nunes is talking about could be the exact pictures that we brought. And where did we find those? In British newspapers bragging about what a high Trump advisor George Papadopoulos was. Oh, it was so high that Cameron himself got into a battle. David Cameron himself got into a battle in, in the British newspapers with George Papadopoulos, who is a nobody. Well, never was I hate anybody. to break the bubble, but burst the bubble. But they were in on it too. And so they were propping up George and they were making him look good in the media because they were going to use him as the patsy. And the Brits were in on it too. And so to say Joseph Mifsud is a Russian and the only Russian. Well, first off, that's silly. There were other Russians. But, uh, and we've named 25 real Russians who should go down instead of the fake 25 that Mueller indicted, which don't even exist, okay? And so we want to point out, it's Zainab Ahmad is on the, was on the Russian, excuse me, the uh, Robert Mueller Russian caca dossier stupid report. She was there, she was the first one to receive Christopher Steele's dossier, the PP dossier, because she was working in the Eastern District of New York. Her and Andrew Weissman were in the office of the Department of Justice when they received it from the hands of Christopher Steele. And what did they do? Oh, they supposedly didn't show it to their superiors. They supposedly didn't show it to their superiors and somehow they got, somehow, on the Robert Mueller investigation. When they are guilty, they are guilty for passing off the the greatest piece of garbage ever used as an excuse for intelligence in anybody's history ever. Please read the dossier. If you believe it, then you'll also believe 
anything. You'll buy some nice land down in the swamp. Now, let me just make sure I cover this. There's also a couple others. But remember Bruce Orr, when Christopher Steele, who he paid through Fusion GPS, all kinds of mainstream media people, I've named them, and I've named who the new ones are, and that's what Betsy's so upset about. These people are nothing more than megaphones for the globalists. The Associated Press is the worst globalist rag. It's, it's the only thing worse is Reuters, which is was owned forever by who? The Rothschilds. It was a banker's news rag to control the flow of the money to the banks. So the Associated Press, same thing. I've explained this in many videos. The point is, is that the Associated Press and the mainstream media is owned literally by six companies all of whom, if you look closely, I'm sorry to have to say it, are Zionists. That doesn't mean there's Israelis or Jews. Let's remember Golan Heights. Uh, there's all kinds of people involved. Dick Cheney, uh, Rupert Murdoch, of course, you got Jacob Rothschild, and you got a whole bunch of other people. They're not all Jews. They're Zionists. And so they're out for their own. These people are Zionists. And what do they hide under? The London Center for International Law Practice. No, that's how to get out of, break. that's how to, break international law. Let me let me decode this for you. Mifsud's group, the London Academy of Diplomacy, that's because he's a spy to everybody. All you gotta do is decode their titles, right? What if you take Zainab Ahmad's group, which he basically runs, the Global Center for Cooperative Security for the Five Eyes. Why is she in Britain with supposed a Russian spy, Joseph Mifsud, uh, Andrew Wood, uh, uh, Alexander Downer, these people are all connected through Hacula, through... Uh, and not to mention Robert Hannigan coming over, helping Brennan, literally. 100% active Robert Hannigan. Trump. Al Allison and Saunders. And where, where um, Sean Hannity? Are, how come you're not talking about this on tonight's show? On this know? one little teensy, pine, tiny page I have, is, which I this is the only thing I ever look at, right? All right, the tiny only, little page. Yeah, here it is. There's more news than you have received in two years about this. And there is more news, people, on Trump tweets today than you will ever get off the New York Times and the Washington Post. So when you've only got a few minutes to look at the news, spend your time on Trump tweets. 